0: Welcome to Global Truth Center. Margaret always sends me songs when 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 she's going to be here to see what song I'd like to speak to because I do believe that the music prior to our talk, our discussion, is the diving board. It, it, it sets the stage. It sets the atmosphere. And Could you go back to that slide, please, and leave that up, Thor? Great. So, God is bringing me home. Uh, first of all, thank you, Alex, for the slide. It's beautiful. Um, it surprised me when I heard this song that it touched me so deeply because it's, it's, it can seem dualistic. God is bringing me home. Something outside of myself is bringing me home. But I don't think that way anymore. It's kind of like what you and I were just talking about. I don't think that way anymore. I have worked my consciousness, my mind, my heart around understanding God in a very different way. I don't hear God and go anywhere other than right here and right there. I don't see God as a divisive issue anymore. I don't see the term God as a problem that I hear about all the time. Um, so when I heard the song, the tears started to flow and I really understood it. You know, if our, if our last week of reborn is a chance for us to one more time remember who we are, that's what this song is all about. And, and some of her li- all of her lyrics are wonderful. Um, I do want to bring up, though, yesterday I had the great honor and privilege to visit uh, one of our members and somebody who's been a big part of our center, Brian Miller, who passed yesterday. And as you were just singing that song, I thought about that part of God is bringing me home. When we leave these bodies, and, you know, I was with Brian and his husband yesterday, and... um he passed a very short time after that. But there was a sacredness to Brian yesterday. Brian's a piano player and one of the best and an amazing accompanist and musical director. Um, and his fingers were moving while he was laying there breathing. And he wasn't really with us, but he was. But he was also there. And I had said to Gilmore, I said, you know, he's... He's still here, but he's also there. So I I actually don't want to speak out loud to him because I want him to be free to go where I don't need him to come back to talk to me. He knew I was coming and he was very excited the day before, but then he drifted far into that other space. God was bringing him home. His God self was bringing him home. But what I noticed yesterday was his fingers were moving. And I just thought to myself, he's off playing some freaking show so he was playing for somebody. Maybe, maybe Nora's up there singing and he's playing for her right now. But there was also the most beautiful smile on his face as he was breathing. And as you were just singing, I realized that the idea of God is bringing me home, there is something inside of me. There's something inside of you that is always calling us to stay where we are. To, to get back to what Eric and I were just talking about, to not get caught up in all of this out here. Because as I looked at Brian yesterday, the other thing I noticed was that he just didn't care. There was so much to care about in life. And I know he did care about a lot of things. And, and certainly, you know, when he had his illness show up, that was a lot to focus on. But ultimately, at the end of the day, in that moment between the breath that's here and the breath that doesn't come, Do you really think you're going to be thinking about all the things you got wrong? Do you really think you're going to be thinking about anything other than the fact that you're going back to where you always came from, where you've always been? Or do you think maybe possibly that you're going to also say to yourself, wow, I could have had a V8. (laughs) Wow, I could have done this. I could have done that. Yeah, not from regret, but from knowing. And that's where I want to start today. So, God is bringing me home. I'm going to give you the definition of home. The place where one lives as a member of a family or a household. A place where one lives as a member of a family. Now, that doesn't mean family of birth, family of origin. It means the place where you decide you live as a member of something, a family, a household. And so, Right now, when we look at the world, there is a place called home that covers everyone and everything because we are all a member of a family, the human divine family, whatever you want to call that. So, Margaret's song, the first lyric that catches me is back to where my roots are planted. You know, we think of home as this place where we're settled in. Here's my home. This is where I live. This is my home. But the truth is, my roots are not planted on Bluebell Avenue in Studio City. My roots are these metaphysical roots that are planted in Jesus and Buddha and Plato and Shakespeare and Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Sondheim. Definitely Sondheim. You know, oh, Rogers and Hammerstein. You know, my roots are planted in this thing called life. And they are Mindy's roots and they are Margaret's roots and they are Adam's roots. She says, back to where my roots are planted, to reap the seeds where love has grown. To reap the seeds. Is that, is that, that the lyric? To reap the seeds that love has sown. Oh, that love. Oh, I love that. To reap the seeds that love has sown. There you go. I like grown too because they expand. <laughs> so when she says this, I, I, I love it. Then she, 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 in her second verse, she says, I came here as a seeker. And my question, one of the questions I want to ask you today is this, in this term of being reborn, are you still seeking? Sometimes I think home can stop us from seeking. Okay, I'm home. I'm great. How many of you are sitting on the couch watching Netflix and not seeking? Or maybe seeking through Netflix, but does it get you out, right? So how much are you seeking in your life? How much is there to see? How much more is there? Have you been everywhere on the planet have you seen everything? Have you experienced everything? Do you feel, my family in Philadelphia, I don't, most of them have never left Philadelphia. And my Aunt Carolyn, when I say to her, you should, she won't even come to California anymore. That's another country to her. And she has always said to me, I have no interest ever in leaving the United States because that's really the only place I ever need to be. And I never understood that. I was like, you don't want to even go to London? no, no. And that's okay. Do I feel like I'm judging her? A little. But it's not really judgment. I have opinions about it. But here's the thing. Are we, do we get to a certain point in our lives where we stop seeking? Where we, stop, where we get so comfortable where we are that we're no longer seeking? Or we somehow think it's not safe. And that's a big one today. It's not safe to leave home. I love some of your, 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 your lyrics, Margaret. Seek the corners of the earth and sky. If I wrote that one right down. That one's right. Seek the corners of the earth and sky. And then the thing that pretty much solidifies and drives this whole, whole talk. I am coming back to me, driven by divinity. Yes? I am coming back to me. Now that's what last week was all about. Change back. I am coming back to me, driven by divinity. So if God is this consciousness, this loving energy calling me home, then what it means is there's a law of attraction. This law is calling me to itself. It's saying this is who you are. This is who you are meant to be. And that comes right out. This is my beloved son in whom I am am well pleased. There's something inside of me saying, I love you. I am so happy with everything about you. Go and be more. Allow more in. Allow to experience more. Allow to seek more. The title of my talk today is... Home advantage. Unless you think I'm going to give a big sports talk, um, I am. So, home advantage. Which is so funny. I'd planned this talk all week, and then yesterday on CPR, I used this whole basketball reference. I thought I was doing great. But didn't you think I did great, Tiffany, on the basketball reference? Uh, yeah. Okay. Good. We'll go. With, we'll go with yeah. Didn't you like it, Anne? See, Anne got it. So um, I, 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 I inadvertently said that when you stand on the foul line and shoot a ball and it goes right through the net without touching the rings, it's called a swisher. And <laughs> thank you. And someone wrote me back and went, I think a swisher is something you've learned in, in, in Greenwich Village, not on a basketball court. I was like, how dare you? And you're right. So, <laughs> so home advantage. Let me tell you what home advantage means. In team sports... The term home advantage describes the benefit of the home team, the benefit that the home team is said to gain over the visiting team. So that's what home advantage means. And it goes on to say, this benefit has been attributed to psychological effects supporting fans have on the competitors or referees to psychological and physiological advantages of playing near home or in familiar situations. So the question I have for you is, where's your home? And where's your home advantage? Where's that place where you feel, right there in your heart, yes, where you feel safe, secure. And I, I thought about my own homes uh, of, along during my lifetime. And remember, do you ever do you ever go away? And then when you're coming back, just as you hit some place, you're getting close to home, you just feel that. I had that when I, used to, when I moved to New York City. I lived in Philadelphia, and I would go home all the time in the first 10, 15 years of my, my journey as an actor, and I would get on the Amtrak train to Trenton, and then I'd get off the Trenton train and get on the local SEPTA train, little commuter train, into Philadelphia, and I would get off at a stop called Taconi because I grew up in Tacony in Philadelphia. But as the train was coming towards Tacony, and they'd say, Tacony, next stop, Tacony. There was something in me that physiologically changed. There was just a, a relaxation, a, oh, I'm going to see my family. Oh, I'm home. I'm back. I'm back. And I remember getting off that train. It was just like, yeah, because you get off it and you were right in like this baseball field, believe it or not. And I just want you to find that for yourself. Where is that? And then I had another one. So that was the train to the Then it became the subway stop at 86th and Broadway because I lived at 87th in Amsterdam. So if I was away, and I was coming back from somewhere, as soon as we were getting close to 86th Street, I could feel, oh, I'm home. This is home. And you'd get off, back in those days, you'd get off the subway and just walk home comfortably, and I'm home. And there's that thing that happens inside of your body. And then, now, of course, which I experienced last night. So last night, I left uh, Palm Springs at like 9.30, Kevin, about 9.30, We got in the car. Kevin went instantly to sleep. And I turned on Waze and it said, your trip will take four hours and 10 minutes. I was like, what? And then I stopped. Maybe five minutes into drive, I stopped and looked ahead of me and it was bumper to bumper for as far as I could see. And it said it was going to take me four hours and 10 minutes. And Kevin was sleeping and I thought, do I want to wake him up and tell him it's going to take four hours or can he just sleep for four hours? I woke him. And, um, No, I didn't. I didn't wake him. I let him sleep. But I called Adam to tell him we weren't going to get back there. And there was this feeling. There was a moment on the freeway where I was like, I am stuck. I am not home. I am stuck. I can't get off the freeway. Because I don't know if you know Palm Springs, but there's nothing. Nowhere to get off. If you got off, you'd just go up into a mountain. And I'm like, I can't get off. I can't even get off to go back. And there's a moment where I just felt so stuck. And I thought... Ooh, this is like, I could have an anxiety attack if I chose, because <laughs> that would be a good choice. i use used to my time for four hours. And I was just like, this is what my whole talk's about tomorrow. I think way too many of us are feeling like we are stuck somewhere, and it most certainly is not home. It's not that place in us where we know who we are so clearly. And so we I kept driving, and about an hour and a half later, Kevin woke up and said, where are we? I said, uh, pretty much where we were when we left, and he went back to sleep. And then, all of a sudden, the traffic opened up a little bit, and it wasn't four hours; it was like two and a half hours, so it was not that much longer. But when I got on the 101, as soon as I saw the 101 sign, I got that feeling I used to get on 86th Street. I got that feeling I used to get in Tacone. And when I saw Coldwater Canyon, I barely—I started. I wanted to cry. I just was like. Ah, oh, my house, my home, my dogs will be asleep, that'll be fine. I was like, this is it. So my question to you today is, where is your home? It can't be on, in, on Coldwater Canyon or in Tacone or 86th and Broadway. It can, they can all be parts of it. But where is your home? Because if we're going to talk about home advantage, then we're going to talk about where do you go where you are at your highest self? Where do you live? How do you live? What do you do to live in that place where you experience the home advantage at all times? You're never a visitor. Do you go places? Are you willing to go places and just feel at home no matter where you are? That's what being reborn is all about. Unlearning all the stuff that keeps us stuck in traffic. Unlearning everything that makes us feel like I'm not a part of this. Being unwilling to feel like I am separate from anyone or anything, no matter what. That's what home advantage is all about. The home advantage, when it talks about psychological and physiological, sure, when you're on a as I was a ball boy for the 76ers in Philadelphia when I was a young teenager, older teenager, actually. And, you know, when the 76ers were there at the Spectrum in Philadelphia, there was this excitement, there's this energy. Everybody's really excited because we're at our home, we're on our home court, right? And everybody's just excited. And and There's a lot more wins, just they've proven that teams win more when they're on their home turf. So the question becomes, What's your home turf? Where's your spectrum? Where is it that you feel completely at home? And I want to suggest that we all work towards feeling completely at home wherever we are, whatever we're doing, in whatever relationship we're in, that we get it. I don't change. I mean, that's what Eric and I were talking about. It doesn't change that I'm God. It doesn't change who I am because conditions happen. So how do we keep that going? Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, a hout is, A house is built with walls and beams. A home is built with love and dreams. So your home is the energetic field of love that fulfills your life. That's what home is. That's what it's really meant to be. Oprah Winfrey says, I think when you invite people into your home, you invite them into yourself. So perhaps what we're talking about is home advantage means that you have an advantage in that you know who you are. You have the advantage because you remember who you are. I love that concept of Oprah Winfrey's. When you invite someone into your home, you invite them into yourself. How good are you at getting rid of your boundaries, getting rid of your walls, getting rid of, as Ernest Holm calls it, the actor in you that's playing out personalities. How good are you at stripping them all away? How good are you at being vulnerable, being willing to feel what you feel and say what you wanna say? Oh, and let the words fall out. I couldn't help it, right? I wanna see you be brave. (laughs) I wanna see you just drop it all and be willing to be at home no matter where you are, even when you make a mistake. Has anybody here made mistakes? Thank you, Margaret. Eric just said no. So even when you're making big blundering mistakes, I can be at home in that because that's just part of life, part of what I do, (laughs) make mistakes. Maya Angelou said, the ache for home lives in all of us, the safe place where we can go and not be questioned. So the ache for home lives in all of us. You know what that ache is? There is an ache inside of you, Tiffany. And inside of me, and you're knowing it more and more now as you teach this stuff, there is an ache inside of us to go back to what we know is the truth and to get rid of all the crap, to get rid of, as I use in the basketball world, get rid of all the wigglers. You know what the wigglers are, the people that stand behind the the court, shaking their bodies to make sure that you're distracted when you're throwing the ball. No more wigglers. One of our things in CPR is, wigglers be damned, I know who I am. And then you can stand right there, wiggle away, folks, because in my mind, I know who I am, no matter what. That's home advantage. That's being home. And of course, I could not let this talk go by without doing L. Frank bombs. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. (laughs) Right? Why do you think that was the theme of that whole, whole story? And that you don't have to go anywhere to be where you are always at home. I mean, that's the whole point, you know? Dorothy, we are still remembering that home is not really a place. We're still in this major dream. I think, ooh, really, I think we're actually in the part of the dream that hasn't even gone technicolor yet. I think we're still in the black and white part where all of a sudden it's just like, is this where I really live? No, no. Then Glinda comes down and all of a sudden it's all colorful. And there's who you are. That's who you are always meant to be. There is no place like home and it's right there in the middle of Margaret Owen's mind. So this month reborn, last month, change back to who you are. The advantage of knowing you are at home even as you leave home. And that's the final part of my talk. Home has the great advantage of making us feel comfortable. Home has the great advantage of making us feel loved. Home has the wonderful advantage of making us feel safe. But sometimes, home is at a disadvantage because it's actually shielding us from being willing to look at the world as it is, no matter what, and still feeling the truth of who I am. So, as we go through these last, what's today? Today is the 27th, three days, is that what it is? Three days left in this month of reborn. I want you to go home. <laughs> Please, go home. I want you to go home. I want you to find out where that is for you. It's not a place, it's not a person, it's not a success or an achievement. Home isn't meant to be something. Home is someone. Home is you. Home is me. Home is when I say to myself, There is something inside of me that is aching to burst out, as Maya Angelou says, aching to be remembered, aching to be lived, aching for me. To let myself love in a way I have never loved before. To let myself live in a vibrancy I have never lived before. To let myself be as healthy as I have ever been in my entire life. To vibrate at that level of home. Because home is an energetic flow of consciousness, home is love. Home is that part of you that knows who it is so clearly, so unconsciously that it doesn't need to do what Eric and I were talking about, to spend so much time working at remembering because there is something in you, as I said, it's beyond the senses that is senseless in some people's minds. There's something in you that doesn't need anything And it's called home. It's called that place in me where I so know who I am that everything does magnificently unfold perfectly. And the great part of this exercise, if you are willing to check in for the next three days and find your home, is that you're going to find me there. And you're going to find Margaret there. And Kevin and Adam. You're going to find us all there. And when we all remember where home really is, what home really is, we will stop fighting to own our home. And we will come from a sense of ownership so powerful that we'll get it, that the home that I'm talking about is the one home that we all share. And it is love only. And it is forgiving everything. But most importantly, it's remembering who you are. Because in the end, There's no place like home. There's no place like home. And for the third time, there is no place like home. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of My Sunday Message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.